You're listening to Musically Speaking on 91.9 KVCR. My name is Margaret Worsling, and I'm Associate Professor of Music at San Bernardino Valley College, talking today with Leslie Layton, vocal musician, conductor, and music professor at Cal State San Bernardino. Leslie Layton has conducted and sung on more than 85 film soundtracks and has worked with classical music legends such as Gustavo Dudamel, Esapekka Salonen, Bromwell Tovey, Leonard Slatkin, Zubin Mehta, Pierre Boulez, Michael Tilson Thomas, Laura Jackson, and John Adams. Layton has premiered more than 50 new compositions as conductor since 2009, including her collaboration with composer John Wineglass in the San Bernardino Symphony for the premiere of Voices of the West for Chorus and Orchestra. In 2016, Layton co-produced LA Master Chorale's David Lang album titled National Anthems and also conducted Lang's work Crowd Out with the LA Philharmonic. She made her debut with the Ojai Festival in 2019, collaborating with Barbara Hannigan on Stravinsky's The Rake's Progress. Leslie Layton was named the first associate conductor in the history of the LA Master Chorale in 2011, following a year as assistant conductor. She was appointed artistic director of the Los Robles Master Chorale in 2008. More locally, Leslie was appointed the tenure-track position of Director of Choral Activities at the Cal State San Bernardino Music Department in 2019 and was recently named Principal Guest Conductor for the San Bernardino Symphony Orchestra. Her awards and accolades are numerous, and we're immensely grateful she could join us in the KVCR studio for a chat today. Leslie, a warm welcome to you. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for inviting me, Margaret. I'm excited. <laughs> I am too. Let's start, if you don't mind, with your background. Where are you originally from and where did you go to school? I am a native of Los Angeles. I got my bachelor's degree from Loyola Marymount University in conducting, followed by a master's uh, in vocal performance from USC. And then there was about a 20-year gap between the master's and the doctorate, and the doctorate also at SC in conducting. Well, congratulations Thanks. on going back for the doctorate, Dr. Yeah. Layton. Yeah, <laughs> enjoy that while I'm not listening. <laughs> as, um, as musicians, we often have our hands in many different pots. It's just part of the hustle. Is there a source of employment you would consider your main jam? Well, I guess the, the source of employment that's the main gig would have to be the teaching at Cal State San Bernardino, mm -hmm. right? That's that's the main gig. Um, if we're talking about fiscally, then I guess we, we switch it to film. Um, that's always super lucrative and super fun and, you know, like that. Yeah. And actually, I should correct my bio. It's over 100 films now. Wow. Which is crazy. I didn't even think about it until you read it. And I was like, oh, that's an old number. <laughs> that is so awesome. <laughs> Congratulations. Thanks. That's so inspiring. Yeah. Not to sound like a stalker, but one position listed on your LinkedIn profile, which exceeds all the other work you've done, at least time-wise, is session singer. Um, what are some of the skill sets you've honed in on as a session singer that have prepared you for many of these other roles that you've picked up in recent years? That's a great question. Um, the first thing in session singing, just like session playing, you have to be a really quick sight reader. That's, that's job one. If you don't have the musicianship to just read it off the page, you know, in one or two takes... They're not going to hire you back. So there's that. Mm -hmm. Then the second skill is the ability to change the tone quality of your voice. I have a very large instrument. It's dramatic soprano instrument. So needless to say, I never use the instrument that way. Mm 
mm-hmm. on a film because, you know, most of the time we're very quietly ooing and awing, <laughs> you know, so they don't want to hear Brunhilde, <laughs> you know, in the middle of that. Um, and then I think the third thing is to take direction and keep your mouth shut. Mm. You know, they they don't appreciate people talking or otherwise being distracting from, you know, because that work is very expensive for the producers, for the film companies, you know. And so if you want to be hired over and over again, you know, do your job and don't try to do the job of the contractor or the conductor or the anyone else. Just be a pro. Yep. You've been artistic director of the Los Robles Master Chorale since 2008. Were you already familiar with that ensemble before being appointed the position? Um, if I'm being honest, not really. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I was looking for, you know, a choir uh, to conduct, and I they were looking for a new artistic director. Um, and so I went and did the interview and the audition, and they hired me. The rest is history. Yeah, been there a while. They are just an incredible ensemble. Thank you. Um, and Los Robles Master Corral has an upcoming performance in May. Uh, the title of the program is Sing Joyfully, a Concert of Renaissance Music. Can you let us in on some of the rep you're most excited about with that program? For sure. Um, we're doing Jez Waldo, and I always love Jez Waldo because for the, for the era, <laughs> there's always these harmonic surprises. Mm. You know, Renaissance music is a little more straightforward, usually harmonically, you know, that you don't have too, too many surprises mm-hmm. of progressions. And then there's Jez Waldo, you know. <laughs> He'll throw in a natural or a flat or a sharp or a something and completely change the chord of something that, you know, that era of music, you don't expect to hear that. Oh, cool. So I find that kind of exciting. So I would say I'm probably most excited about Jez Waldo, but we're doing a lot of, you know, favorites, you know, like Siku Cervus and Ave Verum and Ave Maria and things like that. Things that I think... If someone appreciates Renaissance music, you know, they're going to really enjoy hearing the pieces that they know and that they love. And then, you know, I get to have a little fun, you know, with a Jez Waldo, right? <laughs> we're doing some bird. We're doing, you know, kind of the the usual suspects, right? But but then some fun stuff. We're doing enough fa-la-la music to keep everyone <laughs> happy. It's, by the way, May 14th at 2 p.m. at Glendale First United Methodist if anybody wants to come. Absolutely. I will we'll be there. That is so awesome. awesome. I love it. Favorites of the Renaissance, you know, when you follow Renaissance. Hashtag oh, yeah. Renaissance music. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, you also work at Cal State San Bernardino. CSUSB is, of course, the number one transfer university for students here at Valley College. And you join an elite group of music faculty who are doing great things artistically for their students. What do you enjoy most about working with young, aspiring musicians in the Enland Empire? Oh, it's such a fun job. I mean, the first thing that I would say in regard to that position, it's a really exciting time to be part of that music department. Mm. We've hired within the last, hmm, I think, four or five years. I, you know, don't 
no one quote me on that amount of time because I would actually have to look. But we've hired four or five faculty members mm. in the last, you know, so we're adding, we're expanding. It's very exciting. We're about to break ground on a brand new performing arts building that's going to be state of the art. Woohoo! We are so excited about that. Um, and just working with within a faculty where everyone gets along and we have a good time, right? So all of those things I think are very important. Then when we're dealing with the students, what I love about the students that we um, have at our school, they aren't filled with preconceived notions about what something should be. They're more interested in what something could be. Mm. So I find that way more exciting than working with a student who's like, well, but it should be, you know, it should be going like this or it should be this or that. And, you know, our kids are very open to new music, new ideas, new, 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 you mm. know. And I'm working right now. I'm in progress, right? But I'm hoping to establish a conducting program that offers a, a Bachelor of Music in Conducting Performance. Notice, not, not instrumental, not choral. I want to produce conductors, which means they can do both. They will get podium time. I'm so excited about it. You know, I've got five kids right now who are all getting podium time, and they're all going to be conducting on our next concert, actually, at school. Oh, that'll be so great. Yeah. And podium time... Um, just for listeners who may not know, is such a valuable uh, arena for building skill sets. I, it is. Right. I mean, it's it's and it's something so coveted that not all institutions can offer because of large programs and just too many students or yep. what have you. So that's yeah. a very special component. We will probably be, if not the only one, one of the few who who allows bachelor level students to get actual podium time, you know, rehearsal time, conducting performance, you know, it's, it's even as a doctorate student at SC, you know, some of my colleagues, I was lucky, they gave me a course for two wow. years. They gave me the women's course and said, okay, go, you know, <laughs> but, but not everyone was that fortunate. So there are even doctorate level students who don't get a truckload mm -hmm. of podium time, much less master's degrees. And at the bachelor's level, I know I didn't mm -hmm. get that um, as a bachelor's student. So Wow. Well, what a gift you can give through yeah, this program. I'm, I'm excited, and the kids are excited, too. Oh, that's so exciting. I'd like to take a moment to reintroduce our guest. I'm chatting today with Leslie Layton, conductor, session singer, and professor of music at Cal State San Bernardino. In February 2022, so last month, you were named principal guest conductor for the San Bernardino Symphony Orchestra, and they really did put you to work immediately. You did a phenomenal job covering for maestro Anthony Parnther during rehearsal and on behalf of the musicians. I'd just like to say we loved working with you. Thank you for that. <laughs> Is this the largest symphony orchestra you've conducted? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's exciting. Yeah, hands down. I mean, in in that prior experience, I've conducted orchestras. They haven't been quite, you know, not quite the number of chairs and strings. So, you know, that's always kind of the barometer in that, you know, there's X amount of brass or X amount of winds and, and you can't. It is the number that it is. Mm -hmm. The only place that somebody can really mess around with the numbers if they don't have a lot of money is the string section. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, <laughs> sorry, strength. Uh, but, you know, that's just how it is, you know. Um, and, and so it was so exciting to see so many string players, you know, to truly balance, you know, and then getting to bring out the solo lines and just, you know, just working with, you know, such a wonderful orchestra and, and everyone was lovely and, you know. I had a ball. It was a bit of a surprise. Um, you know, I, I didn't have scores <laughs> until a week before because they forgot. And I understand it because, you know, like you said, it was ju- it just happened like a month ago. Uh-huh. And so n- nobody really told the librarian, oh, by the way, you need to send scores to, you know, the new principal guest because, you know. Yeah. And he didn't. So he didn't know. That he was, you know, and I didn't think of it. And then I get this email from Anthony, who was in London, uh, working on a movie. Mm-hmm. And I get this email, and the title of it is Emergency. And I thought, oh, I don't want to open this. I don't want to open this. <laughs> no. But, you know, you open it because you have to, right? Yeah. <laughs> and sure enough, he's like, oh, I don't think I'm going to get back in time to do the double on Wednesday. You know, you're going to have to take the rehearsals. And I was like, great. Somebody needs to get me scores. And he's like, what? <laughs> wow. I love that. So this is what we musicians call a Bernstein moment. Yeah. Right? A little bit. You're called in like last minute. You got to do the thing. But like you said earlier with just being a professional and being good at sight reading and you apply all those skills in the moment when you need. You nailed it. It was great. Oh, thank you for saying that. I mean, there are always things, right, when you leave the rehearsal or you leave a performance or whatever it is. And you'll look back on something, you'll think, oh, why did I do it that way? Why didn't I do it this way? Blah, blah, blah. You know, and of course, I had those moments driving home that (laughs) night. I'm like, oh, why did I, you know, whatever. And yeah. That's okay. That's part of the process. Absolutely. It's part of the process. For everyone in this craft. So. Oh, yeah. That's good. You never stop learning. Yeah. Um, you don't use a baton, um, just your hands. And you mentioned that this is actually a decision inspired by Pierre Boulez. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, of course. Um, so in my own training, I was trained sans baton, without a baton. Although my orchestral training at USC, I obviously used a baton for that. Um, and I have conducted many times using baton when I've had instruments. Mm-hmm. I just find, for me, and it's such a personal decision, really, your comfort level. Mm. And for me, gripping a baton, you know, and holding it the way you're supposed to hold it, right, so it doesn't go flying <laughs> into the strings, which I don't think they'd appreciate. Um, yeah, I've, and I've seen it happen mm-hmm. <laughs> many times. It happens. It does. Um, you know, you kind of, there's a certain way you have to hold your hand. And for me, because of the way I use my hands, I felt like the baton was a thing that was, you know, standing between me and the players. And I kind of just wasn't down with that. And I was thinking back through my own career, which has been pretty long, um, you know, and I've worked with amazing people. Pierre Boulez was always a standout with me. Mm. Loved working with him anytime he came to L.A., if we were luck- lucky enough to sing on something with the L.A. Phil that he was conducting, that was, you know. And I remember so clearly the last time I worked with him and we did one of his own compositions that was just hard as nails. Um, and I remember just being mesmerized watching him 
when I wasn't, well, when obviously when I was singing, I was watching him. But even when I wasn't, when he was just with the orchestras watching him, mm. he never used a baton. And I thought his hands were so beautiful to watch. And he was able to communicate levels of things that he wanted expressively. And I thought, that's that's kind of how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with using a baton. There are people who look so magnificent, who communicate so much with it. I just don't think I would be one of them. <laughs> so, that's... Well, more power to you. Hey, thanks. That is a very cool story. You're listening to Musically Speaking on 91.9 KVCR. I'm Margaret Worsley. I've been talking today with Leslie Layton, conductor, vocalist, professor, and inspiration for women everywhere. We'll be right back. This is Musically Speaking. I'm Margaret Worsley, talking today with Leslie Layton, principal guest conductor of the San Bernardino Symphony and artistic director of the Los Robles Master Chorale. Um, So March is Women's History Month, and we've been celebrating strong females in American history and the vital role that they play, including you, obviously. (laughs) I don't know if we should celebrate me, but that's well, you're here, so we're doing that. Are there any hurdles you've had to jump through professionally because you're a woman? Um, maybe things that never would have been an issue if you were a man, uh, social pressure you may have felt, anything like that? Funny you should ask that because I was thinking about this very thing. You know, I have students um, in my conducting class. I've got um, four males and three females, you know, and... You know, it's always the fact that I have even that many females in the conducting class is kind of, you know, an aha moment in a way, if I can say that. Um, And I was thinking about this and I thought, you know, if I had been a dude, (laughs) sorry, guys, but, you know, if I had been male, pretty sure that I would be in more major positions at this point Mm. in my career. Mm -hmm. Yes, being female in a traditionally male role. And that's really what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Conducting classical music even, probably gonna get in trouble for saying this, but oh well. Classical music has come along a little bit slower than other, you know, things. Mm -hmm. uh, In terms of people of color, females, you know, non-traditional people. Mm transgender, non-binary, you name it. Mm-hmm. They've been a little slower mm-hmm. to come along. And, you know, being in in the position of standing on the podium, you know, people traditionally want to, you know, whether they realize it or not, they are trained to look for a man to be on the podium. Mm-hmm. So as a female, and, and make no mistake, I started conducting in the early 80s. And nobody wanted to see a woman stand in front of... You know, never mind an orchestra. They don't want to see a woman in front of a choir. Wow. So, you know, the yeah, you better believe this has been a 
huge hurdle, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I can only thank the people who have been able to get past what is traditional and move to what is maybe more contemporary, you know, and, and someone like Anthony obviously understands he's, he's a male of color mm-hmm. and he obviously understands, you know, breaking through barriers. There's no question that he understands that. And so for him to have thought of me for this role, you know, with the symphony orchestra here in San Bernardino, um, and to have actually thought it through and then to actually present it and ask me, I mean, I can't tell you, it's a huge thrill. It's a huge honor. You know, yeah. Well, you are here and you are being seen. And that is very special. Do you have any strong female role models? Um, you know, not honestly, all of my teachers were males, all of them. I didn't have any female. uh, Well, actually, there was one. Yes, there was one. And, you know, she and I had quite a conversation when she left. I'm not I'm not going to say who and I'm not going to say the institution. Mm -hmm. Uh, But when she left the institution, Um, we had a conversation. It was a very frank conversation, one that I don't think we could have had if she was still in their employ, right? Um, And, you know, she's probably got 10 years roughly on me. So think of the difficulties I had coming up, worse Mm. for her, worse for her. Did she kind of warn you about what to expect? Uh, Well, we just had a conversation about when are they going to, to figure this out. Mm. When are they going to figure this out? You know, because she was easily more talented than a lot of the other people surrounding her. Not only did they keep her down, they got her out. Mm. And I, I just remember being very frustrated by watching that because I was not in a position to do anything. Right. You know, I was a student, so, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. didn't have any power, um, you know, and that, but it was frustrating thing to see, to see a female pushed out, not because she couldn't do the job, not because she wasn't a good musician, not because she couldn't conduct. I think it's because she was a girl. Ugh. Drives me nuts. Yeah. 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 Well, you're here to stay. <laughs> we I hope sure so, but <laughs> you never oh. know, you know, take nothing for granted, I always say. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Musically Speaking on 91.9 KVCR. I'm Margaret Worsley. I'm chatting today with Leslie Layton, conductor, session musician, and university professor. There is so much to unpack about the hit that artists took during the COVID-19 pandemic. We could spend three hours with a therapist on this show going through all of that. But um, as they said in Jurassic Park, life finds a way and music found a way connecting people Uh, be it virtually for almost two years, whether that was through video projects or making music as solace um, from extreme isolation and loneliness. Looking towards the future, are there lessons you've taken away from the pandemic experience as an artist? I was one of the lucky, 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 lucky uh, people. You know, I I had my Cal State job my institution, Los Robles Master Corral, never stopped paying me. Oh, wow. Through the entire... I mean, I can't even tell you, you know, mm-hmm. how that was a godsend, mm-hmm. right? 
Um, and also the, the first year of the pandemic, the 2020, um, you know, people were at home and it was Netflix. Netflix, every day, all day, whatever. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my films were, you know, and so there was a boon for a lot of us who had done enough film that the residuals, I've never seen residuals like that ever. Wow. And I'll probably never see it again. Yeah. But it was it was it was pretty shocking, but it was so helpful. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was very lucky. So honestly, I did not, you know, and I was still working with my kids. It was online, which was horrible for them and me and, you know, but at least I was able to work with my kids, mm-hmm. you know, and we found ways of singing, you know, and doing stuff and laughing and, you know, whatever. Um, you know, so I was really very fortunate. So I can't really say, did I, you know, did I hit the doldrums? Did I, you know, it didn't. I was just unbelievably fortunate, mm-hmm. unbelievably fortunate. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I watched colleagues who, you know, I mean, left Los Angeles, moved to other states, moved home with family because, you know, they couldn't pay bills. Mm-hmm. You know, horrific. It was horrific. And, and you know, for some people, I think, um, you know, who maybe didn't have some kind of job that they could keep doing. You know, I think, yeah, mentally, it it really took a toll on them. I'm just, I mean, A, I'm, I'm just resilient as a human. <laughs> you know, it's like, go ahead, throw me, throw me down on the ground, stomp on me, throw me down that mountain, whatever. And, and I'll, when I, when I hit the bottom, I will stand up. <laughs> you go. That's I awesome. I will stand up and I will start walking up the mountain again, because that's, that's just my personality, mm-hmm. you know, so, but I, you know, not everyone is like that. Mm-hmm. I am very resilient. I was incredibly lucky. And my heart goes out to everyone who was not in those positions, you know, mm-hmm. uh, who just struggled and struggled. And it's just, it's a horrible thing to see. It, it was, it is. Um, but I, I love your story of resiliency and... Others are watching that. Others see that resilience within you and are absolutely inspired by it. So keep doing that. (laughs) You know, I'm a skier. That's one of my things that I love to do. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many times. (laughs) So one of my good friends, Suzanne Waters, uh, she's an unbelievably gifted session singer. Hmm. Um, Good friend and, and her husband and we like to cook and stuff um but Suzanne and I are skiers we're, we love to ski and we'll go flying down a mountain and sometimes you know I'll just she's a better skier than I'm and I'll just try to follow her tracks you know and she's zooming down and I'll just go over something and I'm like head first oh no you know planting and you know rolling down the hill <laughs> you know and you just have to get up and put your, find your skis if they've gone out, you know, off course. And put your stuff back and just, you know, and, and life is just like that. It's I, like falling down when you ski. You just, you really don't have a choice unless ski patrol is going to come get you. Yeah. You have to get up and get going. Yeah. So, wow. I've never been you know. skiing, but now I'm totally going to. Oh, it's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> We are doing this interview in the studio of KVCR, where you learn something new every day. 
and you are clearly a lifelong learner. Can I ask what you are learning right now, whether that's a new score, some kind of new technology, a new cooking technique? What are you learning these days? Oh, God, your questions are so fun. I love them. <laughs> um, I do I do love to learn all kinds of things. Um, so uh, I'm always learning new scores. That's just part of, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at Jennifer Higdon's Blue Cathedral right now. Awesome. Um, I think we're going to we're going to see that on the uh, SBSO concert in July. Great. Anthony has asked me to conduct something. Uh, and that was the piece that I chose because Great. it's a female composer, you know, and I thought that's what I should be doing. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm working on that. I'm learning to play the trumpet. Don't anyone laugh at me. But what? then again, go ahead. Uh, yeah. That is so awesome. It, you know, two things happen. When someone who plays an instrument or is, you know, a singer, whatever it is, uh, when you learn something new like that, it it helps with your own pedagogy of teaching, mm. you know, because now I'm the student <laughs> being told, what? no, 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 your grip is, no, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing with your lips? <laughs> you know, what's your armature doing? Oh, yeah, yeah, all this crazy stuff, you know, and it just reminds me when I'm teaching mm-hmm. my students, it, it, it. It, it has reminded me what it's like to be on the other side of it. Right. Because it's been a while, you know, it's been a while for me with an instrument. So, you know, so I'm doing that. And, you know, cooking is always an ongoing thing with me. I actually have a degree from um, Cordon Bleu. Oh, my gosh. California School of Culinary Arts. I have an associate of science in culinary arts. That degree. is not in your bio. Yeah, well, because my bio, you saw the music bio. <laughs> It's incredible. There was no room for the cooking. There was no room for the cooking, but I do have a degree in it. I love to get in the kitchen and cook for friends. And so, yeah, I'm always looking for something cuckoo and, you know, fun. I love it. Are you taking trumpet lessons from somebody? I am. Howard Howard Shear. Oh, my gosh. He's at Cal State Northridge. Yeah. Yeah. But we're doing it on Zoom because, you know. Yeah. yeah, but Rob, we, Rob is awesome. He's done a lot for the San Bernardino Symphony too. He's, oh, not not Rob Share. Oh, Rob Share is one of my dear friends. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm. I you know I thought about asking Rob, but yeah. then I thought I'm not sure how that would turn out because I I have a feeling we just wind up on the floor screaming, not learning trumpet. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> I mean, because you know we we were at SC together. Okay. <laughs> and yes. I was always hanging out with the trumpet guys. <laughs> so fun. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, And they're awesome. Okay. He's an awesome player. Yay. Yeah. Well, we um, typically at the end of the show, we do um, a series of rapid fire questions where it's just in a word or two if you okay. want to go through these. Oh, let's cool. do it. That's okay. exciting. Okay. <laughs> All right. Who inspires you, musician or non? <laughs> Julia Child, actually. Yes. Who do you listen to when you're driving? Frank Sinatra. Awesome. Uh, For our friends who don't necessarily listen to a whole lot of classical music but are interested in getting into it, where would be a good place to start? To learn classical or to to go and experience it? Either. I think if you're in the IE and you aren't going to San Bernardino Symphony Orchestra, you're missing out on a big opportunity. (laughs) Good answer. I try. (laughs) What is your favorite thing to cook? Oh God, souffle! That's that was an easy one. Yeah, chocolate. Chocolate is my least favorite, but my friends love it. Cheese is my favorite, or lemon. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, and do you have a favorite rock band or hip hop group? Queen. Yes. Yeah. 
I'm classic that way, or Chicago, but usually Queen. <laughs> You're getting a thumbs up from Rick Dulock in the back. Awesome, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie Layton, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today, and thank you for inspiring female musicians wherever you go. Thanks for inviting me, Margaret. I sure appreciate it. It's been fun. Leslie Layton is professor of music at Cal State San Bernardino and has just been named principal guest conductor of the San Bernardino Symphony. You can see Leslie perform with the symphony on July 2nd for their America the Beautiful program, which will be held in the Greek Theater of San Bernardino Valley College. And we'll put a link in our program page for Leslie's Los Robles Master Chorale, where you can catch them performing Jesualdo and other Renaissance jams in their upcoming May performance at kvcrnews.org forward slash musically speaking. And thanks so much for joining me for this month's show. Musically Speaking is available on most streaming platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. I hope you'll join us next month on the fourth Saturday and following Monday for our next episode of Musically Speaking. I'm Margaret Worsley. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.